we've been talking about grace and uh, really grace is the foundation of our faith amen and um, we've been talking about the benefits and the and what what Jesus has done for us on the cross his finished work on the cross we've been learning some things the past few weeks that were redeemed from the curse of the law how many people uh, know out here that you're redeemed from the curse of the law amen, amen. we're redeemed from the curse of the law and and God is doing so many awesome things and that means we're redeemed from spiritual death, we're redeemed from sickness, and we're redeemed from poverty. Amen? Amen? And so, you know, and because Jesus paid the price so we can walk in victory in our life, so that we can have abundant life. Hallelujah. And Jesus paid the victory so that we could walk in divine health. Amen? Of course, you know, not all of us are there yet, but we need to be striving for divine health. Amen? Amen. And, uh, and, of course, Jesus paid the victory for us to walk in abundance. Amen. And, and we don't have to be tied to this world system. Praise God that we're tied to a heavenly system. Amen. Amen. And this, this world is not, you know, we're not tied to this world Babylonian system. Thank God for that. And God can cause us to prosper even in the worst conditions. You believe that today? And so today I want to talk to you about another key to enhancing grace in our lives. I don't know about you, but I need more grace. Amen. Somebody say, pass the gra grace, gravy, grace. Pa pass the grace, amen. And uh, praise the Lord. I know, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we need, I don't know about you, but I want the, the grace to be passed to me. We're, we're celebrating, of course, Thanksgiving this Thursday. And, uh, you know, uh, as I was thinking about Thanksgiving, I was going to make this, and, and this is sort of a Thanksgiving message, and I thought about how is that going to tie in with grace, and Thanksgiving has everything to do with grace, amen? It has everything to do when, when you sit down to eat, you say grace, amen? And you're thanking God for what he has done for us, and so we need to, we need to celebrate, I, I think as believers... We need to celebrate Thanksgiving every day of our lives. Amen. Amen. In other words, we need to be thankful every day of our lives. And this is a, you know, this is, you know, a trap, a trap the enemy wants to put a believer in, a trap that, the, that, that sometimes we fall into, is that we uh, allow um, our circumstances and, and what's going on that's not right around us or in our lives, we allow that to take preeminence, preeminence over what's happening with the Word of God and, uh, on the inside of us. Amen. In other words, uh, we shouldn't be allowing the circumstances and our day-to-day -day circumstances dictate how happy we are as Christians. And if we're focused on these things, then we're, we're people walking by sight. And the Bible is very clear on this about faith. And the only way you can please God is by faith. And the only way you can access the blessings of God is by faith. And God, acts, and God gives us his grace, amen, to access these blessings. And so faith is a key, glory to God. And so, and so we, we, the, the way you, you embolden your faith is that you have to you develop a heart, an attitude of, of, of gratitude. We have to get this thankful heart. You know, the Bible talks about this. If you read in the book of Romans, you'll find that there are people that, that knew God. This is Paul writing, and he talks about that, that these people turned away from God. 
because number one, they didn't glorify God and they didn't have a thankful heart. They didn't glorify, they, didn't, they did not um, uh, magnify God in their life. They, 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 they started focusing on all the problems of life and then they didn't become thankful, but they became grumblers and complainers. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in that camp of grumblers and complainers because we know that Paul was writing in Corinthians. He was talking about the Israelites, and we know the Old Testament was, was uh, you, it, it's, it's designed for examples of what we should do and what we shouldn't do when we read the Old Testament. Really, the, the New Testament is, is based out of the Old Testament, <laughs> Jesus talked about, you know, when he ministered and preached, he was always pulling stuff from the old into the new, right? And so really, we, we have to look at these examples. And, and the Apostle Paul said, you know, that the, the Israelites, they complained in the wilderness. They started grumbling and griping and complaining. And really, that did not make God too happy. God wasn't excited about that, you know, because God was, you know, he was providing for them. He, they had... A fire by night that kept them warm, a cloud by day that kept the shade upon them. They had manna. I'm talking about heavenly uh, uh, angel food, you know, and, and falling down where you, the best uh, food that you can eat kept them healthy and whole. But they still found ways to complain. And I'm going to say this, it's, all, it's, it's easy to look at a glass and when you get a glass that's half full, you know, you I say half full, but some may say half empty. And it's, it's all on how we look at life. And I want to see life as half full instead of half empty. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so we need, a, we need to understand that. And really, the currency of heaven, when we get to heaven, it's going to be gratitude. Why? Because as I've been preaching these past few weeks, as I've been preaching that, that we get in heaven not by works or not by uh, our goodness, but by Jesus' goodness and our faith in Jesus. And when we get to heaven, it's all going to be based on grace. And so we're going to be so thankful. Everybody in heaven is thankful because they know it wasn't their ability that got them there. It was the grace of God that gets us where we need to go. And see, that's when we start focusing on the grace of God, glory, instead of our own works or our own power to get us where we need to go. That's when we start focusing on the circumstances of life. I can't make it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I don't know if I can. You know, we start focusing on our, our strength and we need to focus on, you know, the strength of the Lord. The Bible says be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. His might. And so really, so, so, so let's talk about the power of gratitude. I'm going to talk to you about five grace blessings of walking in gratitude. And you could really do an internet search on the word gratitude and you'll find that even scientists and, and, and medical people have done studies on just natural having a heart of gratitude and, it, and it, it will affect every area positively in your life when you have a thankful heart. Even if you're an unbeliever, you will still, it will still affect you positively. And they said it will affect you in every area of your life when you're positive about your outlook of your life. And, and really know that that's faith. And, and so uh, in 1 Thessalonians, let's look at this. In 1 Thess Thessalonians 5, 
16 through 18, New King James Version. It, uh, it says here, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything grumble and complain, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It doesn't say that. <laughs> uh, are you awake this morning? <laughs> glory, glory to God, have you found your scripture yet? Uh, let me read this again. It says, rejoice always. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the Thessalonian church. He's saying, rejoice always. Somebody say, rejoice always. Rejoice always. Amen. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And when you think about that, you think about, wait a second, are you serious, Paul? Are you, you know, are you telling me to thank God when, when some bad things are happening to me, when, 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 when some unjust things are happening, when, when things that aren't right are, are you, are you still telling me to give thanks? I mean, are you really serious? Yes, give thanks to God, not for the unjust things that are happening, but thank God that God can be involved in your situation to change the unjust things. Amen. See, if, if we're focused on unjust things happening to us or things that aren't right, if we're focused on that and we focus on that, then we, we, and we, we talk and complain about that, then we're eliminating the power of God to come into that situation and change it. What we're doing is we're focusing on the bad instead of what God can do. And I don't know about you, but God can do the impossible. God can change your situation. God, it may be some unjust things happening to you today, but God, you know, maybe a person's treating you unjustly. Maybe somebody, maybe your boss is treating but God can turn it around. We can give God thanks in, in spite of what we're going through. We can give God thanks in spite of the, 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 the situation that we're dealing with. We can give God thanks in spite of it. Why? Because he can work in the midst of it. And I'm telling you, it may, it may not, you know, the situation may not have changed. But I'm telling you, there's going to be a process and God's going to change some things. Amen. I heard about this guy that um, was, um, he was uh, working for a, for a company, and he was working under this boss, and he came up with this good idea, and, uh, and he was able to get the, the, the company a lot of business, but the boss took the credit for the idea. And, uh, and the, uh, to, to, you know, his senior advisors and, uh, and the people that, he, that were above him. And so, but, uh, and the guy knew that it was his idea, but his boss took the idea, and he got the blessing, he got the promotion. But you know what? It was like six months later, and this guy was a Christian, and he didn't say anything. He kept doing his job right. He kept doing, being the best that he could be. He kept doing everything right. He didn't try to complain or gripe about it. He just kept doing the right things. And uh, somebody from the top came down and, and had a meeting with this guy and asked him, you know, whose idea was this? And he said, well, it was my idea. They said, we thought that was your idea. We didn't think this other guy was smart enough to come with help with this idea. And they ended up promoting him above this guy that was his boss. You see, listen, it may take some time, but God can turn things around. But we have to have a right heart attitude in the process of God turning things around. God, you know, God has to work on situations and it takes a process and it takes a time for God to work. And a lot of times we just lose our patience. 
Amen. We don't, we, we like, I'm not, I can't take it anymore. You can take it. You can take it. The greater one's in you. You know, I mean, God, listen, Jesus is still dealing with your misfit dealings, you know. I mean, do you ever make a mistake? Well, pastor, not really. You know, I've, I've, I've arrived as a Christian. No, listen, you know, I think Jesus is suffering through some of, some of your deals. Amen. I mean, in other words, we're not perfect. We're, we miss it. We, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And we forget about that. A lot of times we forget of, of, of the things that God has forgiven us over. Amen. And we forget about that. And so we're, we're not benevolent to other people. We're not gracious to other people. And we need to learn to be gracious. We need to learn to have a, a heart attitude of gratitude, which one person said, if you want to learn to receive more from God, cultivate this type of heart of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving. Amen. And so it's again, it says in Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Psalms 34, which is a great psalm. Have you ever read that psalm? It's a great psalm. And in Psalm 34, it talks about rejoicing. And I love the psalms, and I love praise and worship music. And the reason why I do is because every time it's on, you hear people praising God in the midst of the situation or the circumstance. It's always there's something about somebody singing, even though it's tough, even though it's going, I'm still looking to you, God. And, you know, that's why I love, you know, getting up in the morning, you know, putting some worship music on, thinking of God. You know, if you want to stay in perfect peace, you keep your mind stayed on him, not on the circumstances. Anybody can look at circumstances. Anybody can look at, at, at what's not right. But it takes a faith person to look at what is right. It takes a faith person to, to discount and not look at all the negative around us. It takes a faith person to look at the positive. Look at Psalms 34. And this is really, really great psalm. He says, I, I will grumble and complain at all. That's right. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. Continually, continually. Amen. That, I mean, this is the psalmist. He's saying, you know, you know and he's saying that, 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 that I will bless the Lord. This is David. And you've got to think about David's life, you know. He, it wasn't always a bunch of roses for David. You know, I mean, he, he started off with a big bang, you know, and he, he, he took the Goliath out and, you know, he became captain of the guard for the king. And, you know, uh, you know, it's, he started off pretty strong, you know, as a warrior and, and, and was winning all these battles. But eventually, you know, you know, that Saul really got jealous of David and started chasing him around, trying to kill him. And in the process of all this time that David spent in the wilderness running from Saul, he wrote some of these psalms. And really, it was about trusting God in, in, in the wilderness. And, and I don't know about you. I hate being in the wilderness. I don't like being in the valley. It stinks in the valley. I like being on top of the mountain. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I don't want the valley experience. I don't want to walk through the valley but even though we walk through the valley, he shall be with us. Amen. We will fear no evil, even though we walk through the valley. Amen. But listen, we're not we're walking through it. We're not going to camp in it. 
I'm going to say that again. We're walking through our valleys. We're moving through those valleys, but we're not going to camp in the valley. How do you, you're going to end up camping in the valley and possibly end up dying in the valley if you keep talking about the, the, the crud that's happening all in the valley. Are you hearing what I say? You keep talking and, and elevating the crud and elevating the, the things that aren't right. You just may die in that valley. You know, that's what the Israelites said when they were in the, when in the wilderness moving into the promised land. They said, God brought us out here to kill us. And God said, okay, okay. You know, and God heard their grumbling and complaining in their tents. And God hears us. And he and heard them. And God said, well, you know, got so fed up with, with this generation. He said, well, well, out of their mouths, let it be basically, I'm paraphrasing, a self-fulfilling prophecy. In other words, if they, if they keep saying that they're going to die in the wilderness, they can have that. In other words, you're going to have what you say. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some good, this year, I'm going to say this year is one of the greatest years of my life in Christ Jesus. Not because everything is going on that is like, ooh, all these good things are going on. It's because I'm walking in more peace in spite of the good things or the bad things happening in my life. And I'm telling you, if you can start moving and walking in more peace in spite of the situations in your life, then you got prosperity working in your life. Because prosperity truly is great peace in the midst of any circumstance, any situation, anything you're dealing with. It's great peace in the good times and great peace in the bad times. And so he says here, I will bless the Lord, he says, at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear it. Uh, the humble shall hear of it and be glad. Magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. And notice it says the humble will hear it, because when you have a heart of gratitude, and I'm talking about increasing grace this morning, because we all need a walk in greater grace. And uh, when you when you have a humble when when you have an attitude of gratitude, really it comes from a heart of humility. And really, when you're thankful, you have a heart of humility. And God says that He exalts the humble, that He raises the humble up, that He gives more grace to the humble. So a person that has a heart that of gratitude is a heart of humility. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? There's a connection there. And so as we develop and cultivate, because you've got to cultivate a heart of gratitude. You've got you to learn to walk in this. You have to learn to be a thankful person. You have to learn to be thankful. We're in a world right now, and there's a generation right now that it's a me-type generation. It's, it's a generation that, that, uh, that, that thinks that, that, that people owe them something. It's, we're in an entitlement generation that, that, the, that, that the government owes us something, that, you know, that, that, that people owe us something. Listen, no, no, listen, we don't need that, that type. That's a wrong type of attitude. Amen. Amen. If we're walking our faith walk like God owes us something, then there's no grace working in that. That's based on a works mentality faith. That's saying I'm working it to get it. But really, really, we walk in, in God's blessings by accessing it by faith through grace, and through worship and praise and thanksgiving. Amen? And so he says here, the humble shall hear of it and be glad, 
Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And when you have a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving, you're magnifying God. You're magnifying his bigness. You're magnifying his greatness. You're magnifying him. And you can't help, and he can't help but download his joy on us when we're magnifying his love, when we're magnifying his, his, his love for us. Amen? And so really, we, we need to bless the Lord at all times. You know, the opposite, uh, the opposite of gratitude, I would say, is grumbling. And so the opposite of that, so the currency of heaven, the currency of heaven would, will be gratitude, but the currency of hell is grumbling. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to operate in the currency of hell down here on earth. I want to operate in the currency of heaven. And when, you, when you're praising and worshiping God, I really believe that God will dispatch angels. God will do things. He will bless you. I'm telling you, God will do the impossible for the one that's worshiping him and praising him in spite of what's going on, in spite of what it looks like. Are you here with me today, saints? In Philippians 2, 14 and 15, it says, Do, do all things without complaining. And disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So, so this is the Apostle Paul saying, he's saying, do all things without complaining or disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. In other words, whatever we do, we don't want to be complaining and, and, and griping in, in, uh, in, our, in our service and we're, how we're serving, you know, it, what, whatever we're doing. And listen, look, we're all servants of the Lord. We're all called to be servants, amen? And whatever we do serving, we need to be thankful that God has placed us into the kingdom to, for a time such as this to be servants. And we need to serve him with a right heart attitude, amen? We need to serve him in thanksgiving. We need to serve him, why? Because he empowers us. It's, it's empowering. You know, Paul was going through a time in his ministry, and he was frustrated. And let's look at this. Look at, um, look at uh, 2 Corinthians 12. And he was frustrated at this time in his ministry, and he was praying to the Lord because, because things were happening that he didn't like. And, um, and I think we all get to that point where there's things that, that are happening in our lives that we don't like. And so he started praying about this, in 2 Corinthians 12, and let's look at this here. And it says here, and uh, it says here, let's back up. It says here, um, well, he was dealing with some stuff. And he said, in verse 8, it says, concerning the things I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. There, and then he got this revelation that, he, that, that the enemy was coming against the Apostle Paul. And, and 
you know, I believe that, you know, and, and it's, it's very clear that he was raising up churches. The Apostle Paul was raising up churches and the devil was coming back into these churches through people trying to preach wrong doctrine, trying to preach wrong teaching and messing up his churches. And he would have to go back to the church and re, uh, uh, you know, uh, re-preach messages, try to bring his churches back online, get them right. He would write letters trying to get his church in line. Uh, the churches that uh, Paul rose up, but it seemed like it was always a fight to keep the church, you know, thinking right, acting right, and doing right. And the enemy was working against these churches, and it was it was the it was Satan. And so 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 Paul was saying, God, help me with this. I'm getting I'm getting tired of this. I mean, it's it's getting old. This stuff is getting old, and some of you are like that right now. It's getting old. But you know, right here it says here. He said, My my grace is made is available to you in your weakness. In other words, when you're weak, God can be made strong. In other words, in the area that you're weak in, it drives us, hopefully, wherever we're weak in. Maybe we got anger issues. Maybe we got substance issues. Maybe we got, we got, we got pride issues. Whatever issue that we're dealing with, it should drive us down to our knees. It should drive us down to our knees where we need to partake of God's grace. And I'm going to say this this morning. Some of us have some issues. Some of us is dealing with something, and it should be, and you, instead of getting frustrated and upset about these issues, it should drive us down to our knees to get more grace from God. Are you here? Is anybody working through some issues this morning? Praise God. I'm glad I got Amen. We all got some issues, but it should drive us to our knees. It should drive us to a place where we need to get close to God to root out these things that are trying to keep us back from having the best that God wants for us. Are you hearing me today, saints? And so really these weaknesses, and Paul says, I got these weaknesses. But then Paul would say, well, you know, uh, he changed his attitude. He said, well, I do have some weaknesses, but I'm going to glory in the weaknesses. He says, I'm not going to complain about them. I'm going to glory in them. In spite of the weaknesses, the apostle Paul says, I'm going to glory in the weaknesses so that God's grace can be seen through me. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And we need to start glorying in the fact that God, even though we have some weaknesses, God still can get us to that place that he needs to get us to. Amen. He can still get us into the promise that even though that we have some weaknesses, even though that we, we are dealing with some issues, that's when we focus more on God. Is this helping anybody today? Amen. I'm telling you, I'm preaching myself happy this morning. Glory to God. So so Apostle Paul said this, that therefore most gladly I'd rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Amen. Why? Because he's not going on his power. He's going on Holy Ghost power. That's the only power you can go on when you're going through a storm. You got to go in that Holy Ghost power. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't go. See, a lot of us are trying to do it in our own strength. We're trying to walk this strength in our own ways. But we got to walk it in God. I'll tell you, that's when we get tired. That's when we get burned out because we're trying to do it. Instead of allowing God to work it through us. Listen, you can take more. 
Some of you think about Ray, I can't take anymore. I can't take any. You can take more. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You can take more. You can take more because the grace of God will, will enable you to be able to handle any situation that you go through. There's no temptation that is common to man. But God is faithful with every temptation. He will always make a wave and escape. No matter what the pressure is, no matter what you're dealing with, God will always make a wave for us to escape out of that situation. Tune in next week for the completion of this broadcast. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org.